Before we start this week's show, I'd like to remind you that The Brazilian Report is funded by subscriptions and support from loyal readers, as well as subscribing to our website and getting exclusive daily content on Brazil and Latin America, you can also treat our staff to one to five cups of coffee a month. And in return, you'll get exclusive benefits like special newsletters, behind the scenes content, as well as a shout out here on our podcast. And today I want to thank our Buy Me A Coffee members, Leslie Seal, Caroline Hubert, Mark Hillary, John Thomas III, Louise Renz, Erwan, Orlando Black, Steve Knapp, Aaron Berger, James Coney, Carlos Vriesvik, Alistair Townsend, Peter Abramson, Jim Awafadeju, Michael Fryer, Miller Renacido, David Dixon, Jose Ozzy Stankovic, Emerging Market Muser, Yarden Iftah, Tonica Thompson, Anderson Da Silva, Kat Kramer, Peter Suffren, Anna Lund, and someone who chose to remain anonymous. If you too believe in the importance of independent journalism, and if you want to hear your name on our podcast, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian report and subscribe to one of the membership tiers. And if you can't make a monthly commitment, you can still tip us the occasional cup of coffee, give us the energy we need to cover a country as complex as Brazil and a region as complex as Latin America. And we appreciate all your support. Click on buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian report to find out more. This week, the Brazilian Report has been on the ground at Web Summit Rio, one of the world's biggest tech events, being held outside of Europe for the first time. Over four days of panels, lectures and events, Web Summit Rio has hit full capacity, attracting more than 21,000 attendees from 91 countries. And the summit offers a great opportunity for startups to link up with investors, but Rio's inaugural version of the event is coming at a difficult time for the startup ecosystem, in the middle of a bear market that's set to continue for some time. In the first segment of this week's Explaining Brazil podcast, Deputy Editor Fabiane Ziola Menezes speaks with Laura Constantini, co-founder of Astella Investimentos, a Brazil-based venture capital firm. And then, in the second half of the episode, we take a look at what has undoubtedly been the biggest topic at Web Summit Rio, artificial intelligence. And to do that, we have an interview with Dan Yamamura, the co-founder of Fuse Capital, which has invested in AI startups and is now raising up to $50 million to its second fund dedicated to early-stage companies focused on Web3 and blockchain. I'm Ewan Marshall, Deputy Editor of The Brazilian Report, and this is Explaining Brazil. We have seen what investors call a bear market, right? With startups really having a hard time to raise money, to raise new rounds, and... I saw that in the panel today, we were discussing about this topic with Monashis and also two other investment firms. You said that you noticed that in the last 18 months or something like that, you saw the deals taking much more longer, much more, more time to be closed and also valuations going down. So I'd like to to first to describe what is this bear market for startups right now and when did it start it? So first of all, it's important to have a perspective of what happened in the past and why we are in this situation. The world in general experienced a very long period of around 30 to 40 years 
watching interest rates globally decreasing. And this opened the perspective for venture capital that was extremely interesting and important because the cost of money decreased, which means that the cost of mistakes also decreased. So it was cheaper to, to make mistakes and to come back and to correct and to test hypotheses. Because basically the cost of money was, was reduced. Your cost of opportunity decreased. So, so the, and that's why the, the, the last, uh, uh, 20 years were, were, was extremely fruitful for venture capital. Now, uh, after the COVID, when, uh, the government had to decrease liquidity so that to control inflation, we are seeing the cost of money and cost of opportunity increasing again, which means that uh, people are less inclined to take risk. And venture capital is a risky business because um, um, you, you, you're actually investing in founders that investing on the capacity of founders just to create solutions for the problems that we have. And because of the very nascent uh, nature of those businesses, you don't have much perspective of how how successful it will be. So it is a risky business. And because it's more expensive to take risks, we have right now not only a lower liquidity, but also a perspective that valuations have to decrease so that it will be it it can become more attractive to a larger group of people. And that's what we are facing now. We are facing investors going after less risky asset classes to invest and expecting a correction on valuation. So until the investment community is not comfortable with the amount of, a, of adjustment in valuation that has been done, we are not going to see more money coming to venture capital. And, and also because it is more risky, we will not see that much amount of liquidity as we've seen before, which is not a, a, a bad outcome because we've, we've seen a lot of money being poured to businesses that didn't have the, the perspective or that was a, a, the analysis behind was a mistake. We've seen founders coming after money, knowing that they were not ready to receive that amount of our resources. And, and they were doing so because they understood that there was a window of opportunity that might, they might not have after. So, so we, we faced a situation that, that wasn't common. And, and, and everybody, and it was clear that it was about to end. And now that it ended, we're starting to first to come back to a more rational moment in terms of having time to analyze deals, founders being more mindful in terms of what kind of valuation, what kind of milestones they have to achieve to, to come back and, and, and raise again. And this is how we end up having a more healthy business and healthy ecosystem in general, because we have time to help founders and to mentor founders to, to what they have to achieve and how they need to express whatever they're building. And also valuation that doesn't put investors and also founders at risk. Because there is also one thing that, that is important to mention, that is valuation depends on the terms and conditions of a round. Because it might be priced at a very high number or valuation on a standpoint, but because you have several conditions in terms of protection to the investors, it might end up 
being totally different to, to what the numbers at the valuation express at that time. So that's very important to show founders because at the end of the day, sometimes the valuation that is there depends on several achievements that if the founders don't, don't meet, they end up having a, a much higher dilution, which implies a much lower valuation. And that's something that we are starting to see now, founders losing a lot of, a lot of ownership or what the fellows in the U.S. says, it's like a zombie company, which are companies that have like a, a small growth, but with a more sustainable unit economics and, they're, and, and they are surviving. What will happen to those companies? Either founders will come back and negotiate with investors and see what the perspectives are, or they will have to sell their companies because those conditions might not enable them to come back and to raise again. So you're saying that we are in a correction time right now, and that is not a bad thing. It might be a good thing for founders, for investors and everything. How much does the valuation of startups, which Astella or other investors firms are working here in Brazil, how much does did this, this valuation uh, went down in the last 18 months or so? That's interesting because on the growth stage, on Series B, Series C, it decreased a lot. It's almost a half of the valuation or the, the average valuation that we've seen before the, the crisis. But on the early stages, the correction was not that big. It was around, around 40%, which means that we weren't that far off, which is good. But still, because of the uncertainty and the, the perception of a higher risk, investors are still finding hard to, to pour more, more money. So we do have a larger gap on Series B and Series C where the valuation is already pretty much adjusted. But what, what is restraining investors to put more money on venture capital is because they don't understand the perspective of those assets going forward and they still are not comfortable with the transparency or all the adjustments that are made in the past. So they are afraid of uh, all the adjustments that they they might face. And until they understand that it is over or not, that there's still going to be a higher risk of perception in the air. So that's a... Uh, That's something important. But having said that, what also the, the, the folks from the U.S. were saying is that the, this, this bunch of uh, news and uh, the momentum for artificial intelligence is totally showing an interest and an appetite for business heavily built on AI standards that might actually make the situation of a startups that, that are not yet deploying artificial intelligence even worse because they are they are attracting much more capital than regular solutions than before and this creates an even more unbalanced scenario so which might be very interesting for those uh, ai uh, uh, heavy ai stack versus the other ones that are that are not that much and for the other startups it doesn't mean that they are not building their their ai solutions or they are not embedding their ai solutions there but it might take longer but it doesn't mean that the perspectives are not good on the contrary it might be very interesting companies that uh, can't attract much capital for growth because 
all the 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 AI momentum and the, and buzz are attracting investors to another direction. So this means that the discount or the the correction might even be bigger because of this momentum and going forward than on a regular scenario. So that's pretty much where we where we are now. <laughs> Is Stella being somehow affected by this AI bus or not yet? Or this is something that it isn't happening here in Brazil yet? Yeah, all the this scenario is pretty new, even in the U.S. So this was after the open AI um, um, and the news coming, showing how there's a consumerization of artificial intelligence is capable of in terms of enhancing business and then also a, a, a huge competition for others. We are still not seeing such a buzz here in Brazil. And therefore, we're not we're not being pressured for investing more in in AI deals. But one thing is a fact: the the perspective that artificial intelligence has to decrease the amount of time needed to build a new business, and therefore changing the the dynamics of competition between the startups is is huge. So it means that some solutions being built today with the, the advent of with the help of artificial intelligence will be much more efficient than others that, that are in place. We didn't see uh, yet any of this coming, but it might be a reality in, in the future. Besides AI, has the investment thesis or strategy of Estella has change or not? It remains the same, even with this, this hard market right now. No, it remains the same. I mean, we were always, uh, since the, the beginning of our existence, and we come from a, a previous moment on where resources were scarce and we didn't have that much liquidity back when we started, we always understood the importance of healthy unit economics and scalability and efficiency. So we, we are pretty much, our decisions are driven by analysis made out of data and comparisons between what our portfolio is, is able to bring in terms of efficiency and in terms of growth compared to top quartile or to, to very well successful companies outside Brazil. Because we know that venture capital is a global asset class. So we still are dependent on foreign investors to fund uh, companies in the growth and late stage rounds. And this is quite important because either those companies are attractive globally or you're not going to attract the amount of capital that we need. So this has always been our concern and the way we actually help companies to thrive and to survive is, is uh, by showing them what are the 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 aspects or the the processes that they can be more efficient and they can improve and they can scale faster to be attractive to global investors. So it doesn't change much, but what we are going to see is uh, how the, the companies that we invest and in, that we will invest in the future will actually take advantage of uh, artificial intelligence tools to build faster, scale faster, and, and, and grow more, you know. This is what uh, what we'll be uh, um, interested on on analyzing and on helping founders to to bring solutions to. Do you see the current moment has a dilemma for founders? Like, will I'm going to to burn some cash and continue growing in large scale, or will I stop and reduce 
the velocity of my business to survive? I mean, is there a dilemma there and how the, the founders are dealing with it? Yeah, that, that's a dilemma that most founders are facing now. Because if uh, previously you had like a runway of 12 months, that would be more than enough for you to go to the market and secure that if you had the interesting numbers and traction, 12 months would be more than enough for you to go uh, talk to investors and raise another round. This might not be the case now. So what founders are doing is that they are, they are understanding how much more time they need to buy to be able to raise another round. And this means most of the time decreasing growth rate because you either invest less on marketing or you either hire less people to be able to survive for a longer period. And, and this definitely means a, a lower growth. So in, in, indeed, most of, most of the founders are uh, facing this dilemma and thinking about how they can make their, their runway bigger. And it doesn't always means that mean the bad thing. It doesn't always mean that they that that all of them will have to decrease growth or they they have to to make them less attractive because there were a lot of money being poured on actions and or on strategies that had a, a lower return. But it means that founders are reconsidering a lot of actions that they were considering before. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about Astella right now? And I mean, the size of it, the size of the firm, the yeah. numbers of, of company invested. Yeah, sure. So number of firms, we have 32 companies invested in our portfolio between uh, four funds. So it's Journey 2, which we are on the final period of existence of the firm. So we will be exiting shortly from the companies that are there. And it's a fund that has a very, very interesting performance. We we already returned six X and and there is still half of, of the, the resources from our investors there that might have a perspective of another 12X. So so it's a Pretty interesting portfolio and perspective. We have Journey 3 that we are entering now in, in the last phase of the, the fund, starting to think about some exits, and, and we did some already. Journey 4, we have finished the first uh, ticket momentum, which means that we, we our portfolio is there, uh, is, in, uh, is, is, is set. Now we have the second half of the investing period for the follow ones. This means that we will analyze what are the companies that are best performing on a comparison basis between themselves in that portfolio. And we will double the, the exposure and the effort to make those companies fund returners. So, so this is the, the fourth fund. And we are starting to deploy the, the fifth now while we're still fundraising. So what we did was while we continue talking to investors and we continue to fundraise, we are starting to deploy whatever we, we raised already. So we can give more comfort to investors in terms of what are the, the, the levels of valuation that we are seeing now, what are the business that we are investing and the the construction of the portfolio while we raise is, is something that is interesting for the momentum that we are now where we have to decrease the risk perception for our investors. So we are very busy because while we are investing on the follow-ons of, of the fourth fund, we are investing first tickets for, for the fifth, plus still 
fundraising and helping our our portfolio to to bring the best alternatives and solutions to the momentum that each one of them are facing. So, so yeah, challenging but interesting. And we'll see. I mean, I I think we're seeing that our investors are day by day more aware that technology will be an important force for everything that we do in our lives. Um, and that in terms of uh, how our sector and our ecosystem is represented in, in our economy is still on a much lower percentage of uh, GDP or whatever, or, or our daily lives. We Brazilians are very well acquainted with our technology and we are one of the populations in the world that most uses technology and deploy technology. So our investment community is starting to understand that there is a huge opportunity for investing and for returning capital. So I think uh, um, over the next uh, month or years, we'll have a lot of good outcomes and surprises coming. And even with these trends that we are seeing on AI and whatever, what is important is that uh, it is very hard for someone that is not living and experiencing the problems that our society has to come up with that solution out of the blue and destroy everything. No, it doesn't happen this way. It, it happens incrementally. And so I do think that whatever the tools that are being built the same way as mobile and the same way as, as the internet did in the past, artificial intelligence will enhance our own capacity to bring solutions to whatever problems that we, our society and our economy have. So I think uh, we will continue to experience our ecosystem thriving and growing and, and being healthy. And now our interview with Dan Yamamura, co-founder of Fuse Capital. I heard from several other global firms here at the App Summit that they were telling me that there is already a hype, like a buzz around AI, uh, especially generative artificial intelligence uh, in the United States. And they, they didn't mention a bubble or something like that, but it's something that it could happen in the United States because they are like super excited with startups in the area. Is this already happening in Brazil? Can you give me some example or I don't know if, if is this hype already here? Uh, yes, I think there's that's for sure. There's a, a, a hype in the US. I've been there last week to a conference and also at, at the, the Silicon Valley. And also I took some classes in Stanford and these classes were basically focus in generative AI and environment. So these, for sure, are the main teams they're studying. Uh, they're investing. Uh, uh, many students, entrepreneurs, they're just uh, thinking about creating a company in AI. So uh, there's a bus. Uh, maybe not there's a bubble because uh, we're not living uh, all liquidity, uh, a very... Uh, a high liquidity period, uh, like we uh, lived a uh, couple months or years ago. Uh, there's so there's no overvaluation in in terms of uh, a bubble, uh, but there's that's for sure uh, a plus in the, in the team, and uh, we can feel it here in Brazil. Uh, also, not just for generative AI, uh, in our first fund, 
uh, our first thesis uh, two years ago, uh, almost three years ago, uh, was AI. Uh, well, not generative AI, but we had some difficult uh, in, in sales, talking to companies uh, to sell this type of product. People didn't understand. Uh, and now I, 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 I think people understand more, uh, but more than that, Uh, they are trying, they like, like the former, the fear to be missing out. So everybody has a budget for AI, it's something that didn't exist in Brazil uh, two years ago. Uh, these companies have uh, a lot of prospects, so uh, uh, the growth in AI is, is, is happening uh, also in Brazil. If you like Explaining Brazil, please give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast. It takes only a second and it will help us reach a wider audience. Or, better yet, sign up for The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We have a subscription-based business model and your memberships fuel our journalism and keep us going and growing. And thanks to our subscribers, we have been able to cover Brazil and Latin America extensively and for our work we have won and been shortlisted for multiple international journalism awards. And most recently, the Brazilian Report has been shortlisted for Best Newsletters in the Digital Media Awards Americas by the World Association of Newspapers and News Publishers. And in order to keep doing that work, we need your support. So go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. I'm Ewan Marshall. Thanks for listening and Explaining Brazil will be back next week.